Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are our confidence. Father, we can trust in you wholeheartedly. You are trustworthy, Lord. You are faithful. You are good to us, Father, not only unto us, but even unto our children. Father, and even unto our children's children. Thank you for your love that endures forever. Your word says in Psalms 136, Give thanks even unto the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Thank you, Lord, for your enduring love, your enduring faithfulness, Lord, for the families that are listening to this message this morning, for the families that are represented here, for the families of every nation, Somerset West, for the families in the Helderberg, indeed, even for South Africa, Lord. We thank you for our beautiful nation. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good God, a God who has got an amazing plan. Your word says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, Oh, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to not to harm you, plans to prosper you, to, to give you a hope in the future. And so, Father, we this morning we congregate as a family, Lord, just saying, do it again in our time, Lord. Do it again in, in this nation. Do it again, Almighty Father, in our communities. We're thanking you, Lord, for a wonderful time of just gathering around your word. We exalt your mighty name. Amen and amen. Family, good morning. It is another amazing opportunity and privilege for me to be given the chance to share the word of God with you this morning as we continue with our series, Planted. We are going through the book of Psalms and we've had three amazing weeks. If you've missed any of the weeks, I want to encourage you just to go and plug in and listen to some of the amazing services that we've had. Last week was absolutely amazing and some of the things that were shared in the sermon tie in so intricately with some of the things that God has been challenging me and uh, has prompted in my heart to share today and so it was an amazing uh, experience for me just to hear that word and just the confirmation that you know I felt that God was setting up the right word for for the church to hear this morning. Um, it, it is an, uh, an amazing privilege again for, for us in this season as a, as a body of Christ, not only to gather here and to listen to the word, but to be intercessors and to pray specifically for South Africa. So I want to challenge the families out there. I had a conversation with my daughter this past week and um, we, we, we've been teaching even our kids to, to pray for the nation. So uh, I want to challenge the mothers and the fathers. I teach them to pray for, for the country, to pray for the leadership of this nation. The word teaches us in Jeremiah that if we pray for the city that we live in, uh, it, we, it will get peace and that peace will also be our peace. So uh, just this is by my rallying cry before we get into the word of God today. Um, let us just pray for South Africa. In fact, I'm, I'm getting a prompting right now just to to start off this word by just, just sinking in a little bit more into praying for South Africa. So if, if you don't mind, would you indulge with me as we, as we just pray for the nation. Father, Lord God, I want to thank you for this wonderful country called South Africa. Thank you, Lord, for this rainbow nation, Father, from the east to the north to the south to the west, every single square inch of South Africa, for that we, we cover it by the amazing, amazing blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we, we pray that, Lord, your peace that surpasses all understanding, Father, will permeate, Father, every single province, Almighty Father, every single structure. We come against any plan of the enemy to, to, to divide this country, any plan of the enemy to, to destroy this country, any plan of the enemy, Father, to undo the good things 
things that you are, you're doing in this country, Lord, we pray uh, that Holy Spirit, you will touch the hearts of men, you will touch the hearts of leaders, you will touch the minds of the people, Lord, that you, you will transform them. Your word teaches us, so my dear Father, about the renewal of the mind. So Father, I'm just praying for the renewal of the mind, Father, the breaking of strongholds, I specifically, Father, come against the spirit of hate, the spirit of destruction, the spirit, Almighty Father, of, 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 of fighting and violence and killing, the thirst for blood. Father, we come against it in the name of Jesus, Father, and we declare South Africa for Jesus. We declare the Western Cape for Jesus. We declare Gauteng for Jesus. We declare KZN for Jesus. We pray, Lord, that glory and honor and power and praise, Father, will come from the lips of the Zulu, of the Kosa, of the Africans, of the English, of the Sutu, of the Venda, of the foreigner. Father, may we all exalt your name in this country called South Africa. And Father, Lord, as South Africa is positioned so strategically, not only in, in, in Africa, but Father, in the world, I pray, Father, that we will continue to be to be an example and a beacon of people who love you. I, I'm just remembering, Lord, uh, a scripture that you say that sin, sin is a reproach uh, to a country, Father, uh, but Father, Lord, any country, Lord, that, that commits itself to, to worshiping you and loving you, that it is exalted. So I pray that this country may be exalted, that it may be lifted up, it may be rebuilt, it may be rebuilt, Almighty Father, Father, on the knowledge and on the love of Jesus Christ. I pray for reconciliation. I pray, Almighty Father, for rebuilding. I pray, Almighty Father, Lord, for, for joy. Just joy in the streets, joy in the houses. I pray, Father, even for wisdom. Wisdom right now for leaders to, to solve the problems that people have. Father, may you give them the wisdom and the ability and the capacity in the name of Jesus. That is, that is heaven given. Uh, heaven-inspired, uh, Father, to be able to solve all the complex issues that need to be solved in this country. So, Father, thank you, Lord, that as a church, you have called us to be watchmen. You have called us, Father, to be intercessors. You have called us, Almighty Father, to stand in the gap. And so, Father, this morning, as every nation, Somerset West, and every single person who is listening to this message, thank you for the burden to pray for South Africa. Thank you for the burden to pray for our president, for our cabinet, for political parties. Father, to pray for all classes and all races and all tribes of people in this country. And so, Father, we exalt your name. Amen and amen. God is the God of the nations and he is our God. And God has an amazing plan for South Africa, and I've uh, digressed from my opening that I had prepared for this message, but I really felt a sense as I started recording that God has a special plan for this country, and I want to encourage our families, especially every nation, Somerset West, plug into what God is doing. Plug into what God is doing in the spirit uh, and partner with, with those who are crying out to God, partner with those who are fasting and praying and seeking the face for the Lord, and believe Believe God for a miracle in South Africa and do what your hands can do. Participate. Participate in, in bringing joy, in bringing reconciliation, in helping the weak, the fatherless, the motherless, the orphans, those who have lack and those who have needs. Let's not ridicule. Let's not comment. Let's not post. Let's not spread fake news. But let's be part of a God-directed solution for our country. And I hope everyone in their homes is saying amen and amen. And that is how we become planted saints. We become planted in 
the Lord by hearing what is on God's heart at that moment and being obedient to what we're being asked to do in the word and following it with all our heart and all our spirit. So today we are continuing with our series. We're in the book of Psalms. Um, we're actually looking at a very special psalm to me. Um, if those of you have noticed, I have a good friend. His name is Ben. I borrowed him from my children. I'll be using him in an illustration later, just in case you were wondering. But we're actually reading a psalm that is found in Psalms 121. It's part of a collection of psalms that are called the Song of Ascents. If you read the King James Version, they call them, they call them the Song of Degrees. Right? And basically these were songs that the children of Israel would sing as they were going to Mount Zion, right? as they were walking from their towns and their villages and wherever they stayed. Back then they didn't have aeroplanes and they didn't have trains, they didn't have cars or buses. They literally walked everywhere they went. Right. So imagine your mom or your dad, little kids, waking up one day and saying, hey, we're going to church and church is in Camps Bay and you stay in Gordons Bay or Strand, and you're literally walking there, right? And so as they walked there, they had these songs that they would sing. They would sing these songs to help them along the way, right? Remember, they were walking in the desert, so it was hot during the day. It was cold at night. They were walking in valleys. They had blisters on their feet, and they needed these songs to lift up their spirits, right? They needed their, these songs just to remind them where they were going, what they were going to do, and who they were going to meet, right? And so we're looking at a very interesting scripture today, Psalms 121. And if you have your Bibles with you, uh, I will be reading from the New International Version. Please may you join me along. And the Bible says, I will lift my eyes up unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, comma, indeed, verily, truly, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord watches over you. It's a bold statement. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at uh, your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Not some harm, not sometimes. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and you're going both now, not only now, both now and forevermore. Thank you, Lord, for an amazing scripture. One of my very, very favorite psalms, one of my very, very favorite psalms, and a psalm that a lot of us recite as we, as we are walking this, this, this journey of faith, just like the Israelites in the desert. It starts off with, with a statement, right? The statement is, I lift my eyes up unto the hills. And I'd been studying that statement over the last couple of weeks. And Matthew Henry, in his, in his comment, actually gives the picture that as, as the children of Israel are walking in the valley, mostly, they would see these, these hills, right? And, and hills symbolized a lot of things. And they signified a lot of things uh, a lot back then. The hills could have meant, you know, when, when, when bandits and, and robbers would, would uh, attack people on the path, they would go and hide in the hills. Uh, you guys know the story of the, 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 the Good Samaritan. So these, these, these bandits would go and hide in the hills. And so hills sometimes represented a potential danger, 
right? Hills also sometimes represented uh, high places of worship. So we, we know historically from the Old Testament that the children of Israel sometimes would build these high places and they would go and worship false gods on these hills, right? But sometimes hills also represented salvation, right? We, we know stories in the Old Testament where, you know, they'd be fighting in the valley and Moses and Aaron and Hare would be standing on a mountaintop, on a hilltop, right? Or armies that would come and rescue them would come from hilltops. Hills could also represent they were going to Mount Zion, a high place. And I don't know what this statement means to you this morning, you know, and, and we are different places in our walk with the Lord. But the, the fundamental thing is that a question is asked under that. And the question is, where does my help come from? Regardless of what this hill means to you, the fundamental question that the psalmist is singing as he's, as he's walking with, with his children, as he's walking with his wife and they've got a donkey and they've got a camel and they're carrying these goods and they're tired, they ask this question and they sing this question with all their hearts and they say, where does our help come from? Where does our help come from? I love how the King James actually puts it. He says, from whence cometh my help? And that sounds so Shakespearean, but it's so deep. It says, where does my help come from? And that's my question to you today. Where does your help come from? It's a question that builds your faith. And you see all over scripture, there's so many questions tying into last weekend's um, message which are purposefully in scripture, not to ask you a question to confuse you or to get you lost, but to build your faith. Where does my help come from? And you have the opportunity this morning to ask yourself a set of questions. Ask yourself, why are you so downcast, oh my soul, as the psalmist says. Or Paul would write, you know, what would separate us? What can separate us from the love of God? These are questions that, that help you look inside. Think about your journey. Think about you as a family. Think about you and everywhere that you've walked. And look back and say, wait a minute. Where has my help been coming from? I remember when um, our daughter was born and she was very, very small, literally smaller than this teddy. Um, one of the first nights when she had a high temperature, my wife, my wife and I, we got into our car and we rushed off to Medi Clinic. We're in Tableview at that time. And we, we got into the emergency room. We filled in the, doc, the doctor's notes and we gave them our medical aid. And the doctor came to see us. And literally three minutes into observing our daughter, the doctor said, you guys are first-time parents, right? Uh, and we said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I know why, <laughs> right? He said, next time your daughter is sick, just, just give her some paracetamol. You know, give it five or ten minutes monitor for an hour or two. If the temperature doesn't go down after, then you come in, right? And, and we went back home after that advice. And we'd realized we were so frantic as parents and having a child for the first time, we, we, we never thought about any other option but to, to run to the hospital. Now, the next time that she actually got sick, we now had this information, but we were still scared. And I remember having some conversations with my wife around, why don't we just trust God? We are Bible-believing Christians. We trust in the Lord. We know that he is a healer. Before running to the doctor, which is a good thing to do, by the way, have we prayed? Where does our help come from? And I remember there were, there were times when she'd, she'd be ill and she was about this small, and I'd literally hold her and I'd put her on my chest 
and my wife who had been, you know, uh, feeding her would be tired and she would be taking a rest and I've got her in my arms and I would be walking around the room and I'd be singing one of my favorite songs called El Shaddai, you know, and I'll just be, I'll just be remember, remembering that, Lord, you are my help. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Elayon Adonai. Age to age, you're still the same by the power of your name. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Elayon Adonai. And I would continue to say that. And miracles would happen because as I was doing that, she would fall asleep. By the time we take a temperature again, she's now well. Why am I sharing this, saints? I'm trying to encourage someone today to go back to your journey as a Christian and say, regardless of whatever hills I'm facing, regardless of this journey that I'm walking in the valley, in the desert, in the valley of death, with all that's happening around me, where does my help come from? Who has been my help? Who has been my support? Who has been my provider? Who has been my healer? Ask that question. Because there are questions that build your faith. But after that question, guess what? There are answers that declare the truth. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? The psalmist says, put your hope in God. There is a response. Put your hope in God because he is faithful. He has been faithful through the ages. Paul has written, look, what will separate us from the love of God? He answers with an answer that declares truth. He says, neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nothing will separate us from the love of God. The psalmist in Psalms 121 says, where does my help come from? He asks this question that searches his heart. And a question that builds his faith. And he gives an answer that declares truth. He says, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. And sometimes we need to declare that truth in our hearts. We need to ask ourselves, even when, when things are hard, things are tough, we say, Matthew, Matthew, where does your help come from? Matthew, your help comes from the Lord. Like David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the Lord? And an answer that declares truth, that same God who saved me from the hand and the paw of the lion and the bear, that same God, he will rescue me from this Philistine today. There are answers that declare truth. And family, we need to start declaring the truth of God in our hearts, in our minds, in our homes, in our families. Ask yourself, yes, things are tough at work right now. Yes, I'm facing retrenchment. Yes, my, I might be losing business. But who has been my provider from day one? Who gave me this idea to start this business? It was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Give yourself that answer, that answer that declares truth. It is the Lord, Yahweh. I, may, I might be feeling sick right now. I, I, I might be seeing my body waste away. But this is not the first time in my life that I've been ill. Who healed me before? Yes, it was the Lord God, our healer. There are answers. There are answers that declare truth.
And I love this about the psalmist as, as, as they're singing this song on their journey in the desert. They don't only say, my help comes from the Lord. They made a further declaration. They say, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Imagine this, the little kids are singing with their fathers and their mothers and they're walking. They've got water and all these things. And they declare the maker of the heavens and the earth. Why are they singing this? They're singing this and declaring it so that their children know that this God that we're saying gives us help. He's the boss. <laughs> He's in charge of everything. He sits, he's seated above every principality, every government, every throne, everything that we can see. And that gives us intimidation and fear. He made it all. Jesus has got all authority and he is our help. He's the one who has got authority over all these things. And they sing this song continuously as they do this one day, three day, five day, two week journey on the highway, depending how all, however far they were from Mount Zion. As these children grow, as they face situations by themselves, they remember that nothing is too big for my God. Because do you know what? He is my helper. And do you know what? He is the maker of the heavens and the earth. Going down with that scripture, there one or two more things that I really love about it. They're also singing that this God that we love, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't have a day when he's, he's taking time out. He doesn't have a day when he's like, no, I'm not watching you. He doesn't have a day when he's like, I'm too busy to notice. He's continuously with us. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit who is always with us, omnipresent, omnipotent, walking by our side, our comfort, our, 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 our help, our advocate. Every situation that I'm facing, this Lord God is with us. He walks with us and he's walking on this track with us as we are going to worship him. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. And I know saints and friends, there are times when we feel like, I don't know if God sees me right now. With the stuff that I'm going through, I don't know if God is, is paying attention because it's getting a bit hard out here. But I want, I want to declare this morning to you, but you know what, this God who loves us, this God who watches over us, this God who keeps us. The King James in Psalms 121 actually calls him our keeper. The Lord, our keeper. He keeps us. He looks after us. And the word that is used there for keeper actually means preserver. The Lord who preserves us. And so NIV says he watches over us. But King James further goes further to say he doesn't actually just stand here and look at us. The Bible actually says he keeps us and he preserves us. He protects us. And so we, we ask questions that, that build our faith as we, we read this psalm. We have answers that, 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 that will declare truth. But you know what? There's a third level to the things that I see in this, in this psalm. There they are, they, are also points that point to an understanding that reveals or that opens up or points to eternity. There's a word in this, in this psalm that is right at the end. And you'll see this also in two psalms later where the psalmist ends the psalm by saying, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going. And he says, now and forevermore. And I know over the years when I've, I've read over this scripture and 
you know, I've recited it and I've memorized it. I've never really spent time to look at the forevermore part. And I really felt a leading uh, over the last few days to look at this word forevermore. And if you, you go two or three scriptures down in terms of the, the chapters within the Songs of Athens, you will see that there is a lot of mention of forevermore. What is God saying to us? That God is not here just for this week and this problem that we currently have. God is looking after us and watching us and preserving us now, family, now, but not only now and forevermore. And forevermore is talking to eternity. You see, even though the Israelites were, were walking, the children of Israel were walking once or twice or three times a year to Mount Zion to go and offer the sacrifices and all the sorts, that was their journey. Our journey, friends, is not just here. We are walking for however long we have on the earth, but ultimately we are being preserved and we are being kept for our ultimate destiny, which is eternity with the Lord. Now, I've brought Ben to try and close my message. When I read this psalm and I, and I try to, 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 to have it go into my own heart and to, to challenge me as, as I walk with the Lord and, and, and I challenge myself to be planted in the house of the Lord and planted in my, my relationship with God and I, and I go through tough times and, I, and, I, and, and, and I'm shaken a bit and I, and I try and understand, you know, God, how, how do I continue to, 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 to worship you and, and to praise you and, and to look up to you, even, even, even as a child of God, knowing the, the things that you've done in my life? I, I, I got this illustration this week about the preservation that God gives us. And so Ben here will, will represent our children of Israel or you and me who are on a journey. So Ben is on a journey here. He goes to every nation. Somerset West, one day he's been invited by someone to church and he, he sits in the service. He, he, he realizes that he needs to, to, to make his life right with God. He realizes that he needs a savior. And as he says in Romans, he, he believes in his heart. This is supposed to be a heart with some stickers, but he believes in his heart and he confesses with his mouth and he accepts Jesus as his Lord and savior. Something miraculous happens. Ben doesn't get any taller. Ben doesn't get any wider or lose weight. He doesn't look any different. But what happens in his life is the moment he does that, Jesus comes into his life. God starts to look after him, to preserve him, to keep him. And my best way of illustrating is this, that is this. He suddenly gets covered by the love, by the grace, by the healing, by the favor of God. And now his life literally, as Paul puts it, is hidden in Christ. And Paul actually says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. His, his life is enveloped, covered by the love of God. And so as, as he walks his journey now, as he walks through the desert, as he walks through the valleys, this is how he starts to sing that same song that the Israelites were singing. He says, as I walk through, 
through the valleys. I, I look up unto the hills. Where does my help come from? Why? Because life has a way of coming at us, right? And when it comes at us, sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes it destroys our image. Sometimes it cuts and it's painful. But God is now our keeper and our preserver. And so Paul actually puts it this way. He says, you know, we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. He says we, 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 we are we're perplexed, but we're not despaired. We said we're persecuted, but we're not crushed. He's saying, look, there are a lot of things happening around us, but there's something amazing about the walk of the Christian, that we walk through these valleys. We've got the sun beating down on us, like those Israelites in the desert. But God is watching over us day and night, and no matter what happens around us, no matter what comes at us, though outwardly, as the scripture says, we may be fading away. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. And so the amazing thing about us is that we can continue to sing psalms and prayers and hymns because no matter what happens around us, there is a God who has preserved us who has put a bubble wrap of love, a bubble wrap of grace, a bubble wrap of, of endurance and patience. And we can go through different things and difficult things. We can face all these things because there is a God who has come to preserve us. And the amazing thing, saints, is that last part of the psalm is eternity. You see, forevermore, means that regardless of what is happening this week and next week and three months from now or 10 years from now, the day is coming when the trumpet shall sound and the angels shall sing and we shall be united with him forevermore. And guess what? Because of his faithfulness and his goodness, all of this, will be removed. And guess what? Ben would have been preserved. Ben would still be okay. And so friends, this is my closing note. One of my sincere prayers for us as a church family and for the young in our family, our children, our young adults, and even our children who are in kids' church, I'd love us to know that God is our keeper, that he watches over us, that he is the one who is our helper, that at any point in time, we can lift up our eyes even unto the hills and we know in our heart of hearts that our help comes from the Lord. And this Lord is L-O-R-D in capital, Yahweh, the maker of the heavens and the earth. In five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when our children have left our homes 
and they stay in their own homes, in their own apartments, they're at university, they've gone abroad, they're in different countries, they will still remember. Because as we walked our walk, just like the Israelites, as we walked our daily journey, and we faced whatever we faced, we sang with them that this God is our helper, that this God does not sleep, he does not slumber, that this God is the maker of the heavens and the earth. As we round up, I'd like to just encourage you this week, go to the Song of Athens, Psalms 120 up to 134. Look at some of the amazing scriptures that are there. Unless the Lord builds the house, you know, the builders, they build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city. You know, the watchmen, they watch in, they watch in vain, you know. Another scripture says, you know, if it had not been for the Lord who had been on our side, when man attacked us, we would have been destroyed when the waters and the floods came upon us. These were the songs that they sang day in and day out as they walked this journey. And these songs, they declared truth. They asked questions that built their faith. But more importantly, they opened up, pointed to an eternity forevermore with God. So friends, God bless you. Bless your families. May you sing these psalms together. May you remain planted in the Lord. May you continue to even come up with your own songs of praise, your own songs of, of worship, even as a family in Ephesians. Paul actually writes and he says, let's sing songs of worship and hymns and, 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 and just prophesy over each other. So I, I bless you all with that. We pray that even in our life groups as we meet to, to discuss uh, the book of Psalms this coming week, that we will be challenged. We will be challenged to, to ask ourselves questions um, around some of the things that are even going on in our country and to declare the truth of the word of God that will make sure that we, we, will, we will make sure that even our families will, will accept and know that he is a good God. God bless you. Amen.